Before we get started with today's episode, I'm here to ask you to please consider giving me some money. That's right. Crisis Twink has a wonderful listener support option in our show notes through which you can choose to make a small, large, or an astronomical monthly donation to support the operating costs of the podcast. It's entirely optional, but it is much appreciated. So if that's something that's interesting to you, then uh, give it a little look. All right, on with the show. Hey girlies, welcome to Crisis Twink, the podcast where we ring the alarm about cultural emergencies. Whether it's a flop album, an insane headline, a problematic fave, or just something that needs to be urgently discussed or you'll die, we're going to revive it and make sure it gets the medical assistance it so desperately needs. My name is Drew Haskins, and I'm the only twink who can save a culture in crisis. Joining me today is a very special guest, Georgie Morvis. Hi. How are you doing today? I am doing wonderful. Um, it's like not that cold outside, which is basically how my mood is determined in like deep winter. So if it's like, if it's over 30 degrees, I'm like, it's a good day. I can oh. see the sun. So. <laughs> yeah, I like, I never think about myself as someone who is really affected by the weather. But when it was 70 this weekend, we're both in Chicago for listeners who don't know. Um, it was like night and day, like, Mm-hmm. I feel like I bloomed fully. Yeah, no, exactly. And it was like, we have you seen that meme that's like all of the seasons of Chicago? Um, no. It's a pretty good, it's, I should find it and send it to you. But basically, we're in that weird in-between period um, where Chicago has like 12 seasons and we get like two fake springs before we get real spring. And I think that was our second fake spring. So the next spring will hopefully be real um but we'll probably get another blizzard as well because that's just how chicago weather works it's sort of (laughs) and it's like oh it's gonna be oh it's gonna be yeah i mean it was fully 70 saturday and then we got like an inch of snow yesterday which is Mm -hmm. now promptly melted but like i cannot deal with this like the teasing and then the pulling it away Mm -hmm. like as an la transplant to hear like the winter has been character building I'll put a positive spin on it hey <laughs> like, I'm like yeah, built yeah. for war but not <laughs> I, I I need I'm like a I'm like a lizard like I need to be just like constantly baking in the sun so this is a yeah fingers crossed um you are here on a very special episode by the way this is the 50th oh. episode of crisis Twitter. wow milestone congrats thank you I don't know why I'm saying that it's just uh it, <laughs> it's nice to set out and do a project and like see it through to like a good yeah stage 50 episodes yeah, like I, it's not like any significance beyond just like halfway to 100 but it does feel like good somehow yeah yeah we love nice even numbers um I started a project recently and got three playlists in and then was like I just kept on forgetting to do it and now I'm like oh I need to get back on that because like some of my friends will text me and be like where's the playlist and I'm like why are you holding me accountable for something <laughs> like stop that so like it's fun to do stuff like that and then it's work on top of the work that we have to do just to like maintain yeah. like our day-to-day lives like yeah but I don't 
it is fulfilling it's nice to have like little creative outlets like that's kind of all we can ask for um really? speaking of creative outlets i think we're gonna play go call the governor all right, let's do it. So Georgie, I'm going to present you with three cultural scenarios from recent and or ancient history. And you're gonna decide whether or not the governor needs to be called. There are no wrong answers here, but your choice is binary. Does the governor need to be called or not? Ready to play? I am absolutely ready. Um, clarification question though is, are we talking about like J.B. Pritzker? Like who is, who is the governor? So the governor, can represent a variety of things. It's a concept more than a tangible person, but whoever you think Britney Spears was referring to in the song Work Bitch, when she said, go call the governor. Yeah, she definitely was prescient enough to know that one day J.B. Pritzker would be elected governor of Illinois. Absolutely. (laughs) She she move over Nate Silver, Britney, (laughs) the original original statistical bitch. Um, All right, first scenario. They're making a Pitch Perfect TV show spinoff starring Jamila Jamil. Does the governor need to be called? Yeah, definitely, because um, the governor can activate FEMA, and that sounds like an emergency that like needs like desperate attention, and it needs to just be like stopped in its tracks. Because um, that's just like a, I, I can't believe that you would go from... I'm an Anna Kendrick stan, so a lot of listeners might not agree, but like going from like Anna Kendrick mm-hmm. and like Haley Steinfeld, Filipino icon, to like Jamila Jamil, who like at best is like cringy and like at worst is like actively doing harm. Like, yeah, <laughs> actively I, doing harm. <laughs> like to herself and others, it sounds like allegedly. Yeah. But um, yeah. are you a big like acapella person? No, I okay. would say that I'm like actively not an acapella person. I went to Wash U, um, so if any of my Wash U friends are listening, um, the acapella community there was like, was a lot, um, mm-hmm. and uh, which I feel like it probably is at all colleges. Like, I think that in order to be an acapella, like, you have to be a lot, but um, I don't know. I'm a huge believer in instruments. Um, I, I love a guitar. I mm-hmm. love a ukulele. Um, so I, I think that we should stop taking away jobs from hardworking instruments in this country um, and replacing them with twinks and and cis women making little noises with their mouths. Absolutely. 100% say that. Um, That's the kind of advocacy we need. Like this spinoff just sounds conceptually terrible too, because I don't think Jamila Jamil is the main focus. I think she's a side character, but they're building it around um, Adam Devine, whose character I don't even remember. I've only seen the first one, so... Yeah, I'm trying to, so he's like, I feel like he was Rebel Wilson's love interest. Um, That might be like problematic of me to assume. I think, so putting ourselves in like a 2011, 2012 (laughs) casting director mindset, like that kind of, that would track to me. Yeah, (laughs) the other other male lead was Skylar Astin. Yeah, and Um, randomly Ben Platt's also in that movie. Well, let's just, let's not even talk about Ben Platt. I will go on like a very mean, a mean rant. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, no, no no to all of that. I don't, I just don't know why we need it at this point. Like people have not talked about Pitch Perfect in at least five, six years. I mean, we're not in college anymore. So like, we don't really see acapella out in the wild, but I just don't really know who this is for. Yeah, I don't either. Like, and also like, who is Jamila Jamil like drawing these days? Like nobody like 
likes her anymore. I no. don't think. I think she's... A- it's twofold though like we're both very online and the average person a does not really know who Jamila Jamila is and b does not know about her Munchausen adjacent shenanigans (laughs) but um I do she's about to get a big audience though because she's on a new Marvel show that's coming out oh yeah which like I feel like I'm upset about that too because like as a Tatiana Maslany fan, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to watch. And, like, also, I recently watched every Marvel thing except for Doctor Strange. Oh, wow. Um, I'm still holding out on that, but it was, it's been a long quarantine. Um, but, like, the shows that they've been doing recently where they were, like, hey, we cast women that are talented, and it's, like, oh, my God, all of a sudden you can sell these, like, really cringy lines. Um, yeah, shout out I... to, like, Florence Pugh <laughs> and Hilly Seinfeld and Lizzie Olsen. Um, so, yeah, I will be suffering through... She-Hulk um, to see Tatiana Maslany and hope that Jamila Jamil just like gets killed off in like the first 10 minutes or something. Yeah. <laughs> I I am also a huge Tatiana Maslany fan, Orphan Black. I feel like people don't talk about it enough. Such a good show. Um, yeah. Weirdly, she was my last official pre-COVID celebrity sighting. That's crazy. Which was a good one. That was a fun one for me. I saw people in COVID, but like, not like, that was depressing. Like I can, I saw one of the (laughs) Heim sisters because I used to like live um, pretty close to them in Silver Lake. Mm -hmm. And I knew from the brow up that it was Alana. But Um, pre-Licorice Pizza Alana. Deserving of an Oscar nom, but. I haven't seen it yet, but we will put a pin on that so because I will yeah. be seeing it. but okay scenario two the Mew Mew micro mini skirt that all the girlies are wearing does the governor need to be called um I would say like yes but in like a, like a positive way like in like okay. a letting the governor know like this is a, a fun a fun thing that's going on right now give it like, a holiday like a, yeah it's not so much like a fashion emergency so much as like a, oh that's neat we should um the governor needs to be informed of like all things, not just like really, yeah. really horrific emergencies. So I don't know. I'm, I'm down with that. That's good. You're like, you're committed to information, positive, factual information. Yeah. What a refreshing take in today's political <laughs> Um, I do like the skirt. I think I've never seen an item of clothing take on so quickly in the mm. fashion scene. I wrote this blurb after seeing Lord put it on for like some editorial spread. And I'm like, how did this one skirt get passed around to everyone? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. When Harry, someone on Twitter said that like when Harry Styles gets it, that's when it's going to be like fully over. But. Oh, um, say that I uh, am a like Harry Styles person. Um, okay. And I do find some of his fashion choices cringy, um, but I also don't think that he's necessarily the one who should be, like, canceled for it. I feel like the people who, like, anoint him as, like, the, like, gender queer superstar or whatever, when that's, like, not something he's really ever committed to. Yeah. Like, I, it's, like, it's magazines and editorials and stuff, like, describing this and, like, I don't think Harry Styles, if you like asked him, would be like, yeah, I'm really groundbreaking and we should forget about Lil Nas X. That's just like oh. people on Twitter projecting because they want to cancel this random white dude. Yeah, I, direction, I so. don't think anyone should be like canceled over this and people should be wearing like whatever clothes they want to wear. Uh, I personally find a lot of what Harry Styles wears to be 
ugly. That's my yeah. issue. <laughs> like just purely yeah, on no, aesthetics. Exactly. Like Lil Nas X is a great example of someone who does like gender queer fashion in a very aesthetically pleasing sense. Yeah. That's not just like sheer ASOS tops. Like I know like Harry Styles is not wearing like ASOS, but like, you know, it's not like it doesn't look as expensive. Yeah. Yeah. As somebody who um, just wore a bunch of ASOS over the weekend, I will always defend like that. It's like my fast fashion. Like I know it's bad, but. Oh, it's ASOS. I have a lot of ASOS pieces. (laughs) My, like one of my best pairs of jeans is ASOS. It's just like people, I think, use certain aesthetic signifiers like sheer or like crop top Mm -hmm. as like a catch all right for like a radical sense of expression which i don't think is like honest yeah yeah i also i feel like men's fashion is so boring especially when it comes to red carpets that it's like i would rather like although i don't i might take this back if it's about somebody i don't like for example like dan levy like when he like tries Mm -hmm. like there are some times where i'm like cool you're wearing that tom brown kilt that looks good and then other times where i'm like you can just wear a suit you don't have to try this honey um whereas, are like, you are you talking like, about that like the atlas puffy jacket thing yes. that he wore yeah that was yeah. um but yeah I do mm-hmm. think that we should give men more room um just in general just kidding yeah. happy international women's day by the way <laughs> um no but in terms of like red carpet fashion um I do think that we need to like allow them to fail and explore and or else they'll just go back to like the most exciting thing they do is wear a blue suit instead of a black suit yeah. and it's like but yeah I don't know I also I feel like at least this like Oscar season like Cody Smith McPhee the murder twink has been doing mm-hmm. a good job of um like wearing like interesting things that don't necessarily read as like super genderqueer um yeah. which I think is like nice because like I I just want men's fashion to be more interesting in yeah. general. I just need it to be like, like men don't have to wear dresses if they don't want to. They might not fill them out right. So right, but uh, like an interesting suit at least, right, is exactly. a good direction to go in. Like I just saw Cody Smith McPhee at um, like some like pre-Oscars luncheon yesterday, and he was wearing a suit that had some sort of like tornado motif on it. Yeah. That looked really cool. Also, sort of like cosplay dressing for like the western movie or whatever that he's like promoting like it's like it was a you know if you like look back 10 years ago like most hollywood men were just doing like yeah like the boring like black or like sometimes a midnight blue suit and now like there's a lot more range Mm -hmm. and designers have sort of met the moment and try to like create more interesting things at least which is nice but i mean it is like a two-way street like you have to be bold enough to accept the boldness no exactly and I I don't think that I feel like a lot of celebrities are pushing themselves in ways that don't necessarily feel on brand for them um and I just like I wish that people would just like know their lane like that's why I really like Timothy Chalamet's like Mm -hmm. here I am defending Timmy after yeah do it do it um but uh like that Louis Vuitton harness that he wore was like so simple it was Virgil Elba for Louis Vuitton Mm -hmm. um and I got to tweet it at the museum it was one of the most exciting days of my social media career there because I got to tweet about Timothy Chalamet mm-hmm. um but like that is something that is like simple and interesting and doesn't look bad on him like I don't think that it changed fashion forever but it was like nice to like see something that was just like interesting but doesn't necessarily feel like they're appropriating like trans aesthetics and stuff like that exactly so. 
exactly. Like, yeah, you can be interesting without being appropriative. Mm-hmm. But you have yeah. to have taste still too. <laughs> like, right. yeah. It's yeah, you can but... do bold stuff, but like, like make it you know, look nice. You know, yeah. make it look nice. Okay. Yeah. Final scenario, and also sort of related to classic beauty and aesthetics, <laughs> the Mona Lisa. Does the governor need to be called? Just like in general, did something happen, or is this just like just a an ancient history? A, it's ancient. This is the most ancient history we've ever gotten on this game. Sweet. Okay. I think the governor needs to be called because I find the Mona Lisa overrated. Okay. Um, I am like lucky enough to have visited the Louvre um, mm-hmm. and like been to it. And it's a lot smaller than you think it'll be. The room is really crowded and it's in like a bulletproof box. Um, mm-hmm. I've been sure other proof things like bombs and stuff, but it's just <laughs> like, I don't know. I think there's so many more interesting yeah. paintings in the world and also I was lucky enough to study abroad in Paris. Um, I won't Ooh. like go on a whole Georgian Perry. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, also my favorite song this summer though was really cringy. It was Beauty and a Beat by Justin Bieber and Nicki Minaj. Like mm-hmm. that was my like, I'm in Paris song. So that yeah. says a lot about me. Um, but uh, so the program that I did, we would spend every afternoon in the Louvre exploring like different collections that had nothing to do with like the like one hallway that everybody knows from the Louvre. And that I thought was really valuable and eye-opening and like, oh yeah, like museums have so much more than um, their like most well-known pieces. I'm like, yeah. you should explore like the other parts um, and then don't think about it too hard or you'll have to come up with a take about antiquities. But <laughs> um, it was like super awesome. And yeah, I, I didn't really care about the Mona Lisa. Um, no. At the end of the day, it is the size of a postcard. Yeah. Especially when you can't get up close to it. Like right. I have not been to Paris in over 10 years, but I also fortunate enough to have gone to the Louvre, Louvre privilege. And it, I was shocked how small it was. Yeah. And like the hype around it is so deafening. And it is such, it's like a catch all for like fine art as a medium. And yeah. it's like that? like there's technique there's craft but like yeah I feel like also at the Louvre there are like other really iconic pieces that like kind of like live up to their iconicness yeah like like the Venus de Milo is right there right (laughs) and it's like that's cool that I understand why everybody was like you need to see this and I was like okay um and then also uh Eugene Delacroix who did um like he didn't do Coldplay's album cover. Coldplay mm-hmm. took the liberty leading the people painting. Oh, um, for I Viva La Vida. That, yeah, for Viva yeah. La Vida. I forget if that is hanging up, but I know his like tiger painting is. Okay. Um, like he was my favorite artist at that time when I was in Paris. So it was like cool to see that. And that like actually like lives up to the hype because you can like walk up to it and it's salon style. So you like are like looking up at it, but like you don't like have to like stand in a line of thousands of tourists to go see it. Um, exactly. Like, it's I love a good museum I like a you know I space it out more I guess like yeah. the layout for the Mona Lisa like not to critique the Louvre because they're not changing this anytime soon but like it is so silly to have this like microscopic vignette in the middle of a huge room where people can just like crowd and crowd and crowd like I don't know a better way to situate that but like it really does suck all the focus from like interesting stuff like the Delacroix and the like the Manets and like there's a lot of cool stuff there but I don't know yeah. Paris that's just Paris for Paris. you the French have never made anything yeah. easy on anyone so 
I love how none of the streets make sense. I'm just like so spoiled being in Chicago. I'm like, why isn't it gridded? <laughs> why can't I like figure out where to go? Oh, well, that's kind of been my issue though, in parts of Chicago. Like LA is like terrible. The city layout is absolutely horrible and there's no public transportation. But like, I have been recently spending my weekends trying to explore the blue line a little bit more just cause I feel like over the summer, especially I was doing the red line like so much like up and down. Um, and I get so turned around. Yeah. Every time yeah. I go like west of downtown. Yeah. I feel like with the blue line, I like if you mean to put an order like Wicker Park, Logan Square, Ukrainian Village, I couldn't do it. But like I could mm-hmm. tell you like the vibe if you told me across street. Do I yeah. know what neighborhood? <laughs> no. But I like kind of like based on a bar that I've been to around there or a restaurant or it's proximity to Humboldt Park, like I might be able to like mm-hmm. describe it to you. But if you're like, is that Wicker? I'd be like, hey, I don't know. They're all the same to me. Um, Would you say that Chicago is the Paris of the Midwest? Um, n- no, because uh, uh, my favorite city in France <laughs> is Lyon. Um, okay. And Lyon also, like, I think it's the second largest city. It's the culinary capital. The metro mm-hmm. was really clean. When I visited, I did a homestay there in high school, um, and the metro was, like, brand new. Yeah. And I was like, this is, like, people told me trains would be smelly, but this is wonderful and easy. Sparkling, um, yeah. Yeah. And it also like had like a river situated in it. So I would say that Chicago is the Lyon of the Midwest. Um, Because yeah, I I don't know if I want anything to be the Paris of the Midwest, to be honest. I think Paris like needs to be in France, you know? Like nothing in the Midwest. Like they're so... (laughs) Paris needs to be in France. I I, I can get behind that take. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's not Detroit. capable of... (laughs) Uh, the Midwest isn't capable of being like fancy and snobby enough. Like it's like it's not in the Midwest DNA, I guess. Um, like nobody would say "ope" in Paris. They'd be like, "Get the fuck out of my way." Yeah, it's a there's a rustic quality. Yeah, to the third largest city in America <laughs> that just cannot. Exactly. It does not translate to a French environment. I can nope. agree with that. <laughs> but all right, we have to take a quick break, but we will be right back. And we're back. Let's move on to this episode's cultural emergency. Georgie, what are you rushing to the ER today? Um, okay, so recently I was in New York City, <laughs> um, and which was fine. Um, I, it was a great trip, but I like went to try and figure out if it was somewhere I would ever want to move. And the answer was a resounding no. Mm-hmm. Um, you shouldn't take an Uber for 15 minutes and still be in the same place. Like, you can take an Uber in Chicago for 15 minutes and be on the fucking West side. Like, yeah. I just don't understand. Um, anyway, um, so while I was in New York, I made a little pilgrimage to Taylor Swift's old Cornelia Street apartment. Um, shout out to my best friend, Tony, for dealing with me and taking me there. Um, but yeah, I just really wanted to visit her old apartment. I took photos in front of it, like a crazy Swifty and everything. Um, and so my, while I feel like I was in New York when you like posted about people doing it. And so I was like, mm-hmm. I need to talk about Kaylor, which is Carly Kloss and Taylor's secret lesbian romance. Um, and it's like a conspiracy theory that people on Tumblr take like super seriously. Um, I take it seriously in that I totally believe it. Um, but <laughs> whenever I read their analysis, I'm like, oh, I have normal thoughts. Um, And their thoughts like are taking it to like the umpteenth degree, which I think is one of the beautiful things about Tumblr. Um, But yeah, basically they're secret lesbians and, but they broke up and it's sad, but maybe they'll get back. (laughs) It is sad. I 
have been sort of an agnostic about this theory, but you sent me a, what can only be described as a manifesto yesterday um, that goes song by song. Like there are charts and timelines and graphic design in here. Like it is a very convincing argument for these two. So as an expert, can you, for the uninitiated, (laughs) can you walk us through the general timeline of all this? Yeah, yeah. So I feel like they met sometime, well, they didn't meet, they started interacting originally and sometime in like 2012. They didn't meet Mm -hmm. then, um, but that data is significant because in the song, Right Where I Left You, um, which was off of Evermore, she talks about being stuck being 23 and she was 23 the first time they interacted and like her post read sort of going from country to sort of mainstream and hanging out with fashion models and stuff like that. I don't think they actually met until like 2014 or 2015, something crazy. Um, but basically started hanging out. They became besties. They were on like the cover of Vogue together. There are so many like best friend Instagrams that like, I don't know, I come from a background of when I post a best friend photo, I want everybody to wonder if it's the person that I'm dating. Okay. Um, and that's been how I've been my entire life. Um, so I feel like I get those vibes from Taylor and Carly. Um, and then it all came to a head at a 1975 concert. Um, and this was during the time that um, they were sort of, or Taylor was rumored to be dating Maddie Healy um, from the 1975. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, Taylor goes with like Carly Kloss and some other models. This is also like high squad days. Um, and like uh, bad blood music video era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like she like only hung out with like really hot white people mm-hmm. for the most part. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so like, and this is rumored to be like a an entire thing um between Maddie and Taylor. Um, but like there's like really grainy secure not security footage, like phone footage from 1975 fans who were there of like Taylor partying on the balcony with her and her model friends. Um and during the song girls I think it's called I don't remember if that's what it's called by the 1975 Mm -hmm. Maddie like dedicates it to Taylor to like set the tabloids alight but that Mm -hmm. wasn't what set the tabloids alight that night um there like is this like gif of like Taylor and Carly like dancing and like if you are crazy you could like kind of see that it looks like they're making out but it's just like two blonde heads that are close to each other so it's like and they're so grainy that you can't really tell um but anyway so then that like sparked like rumors that Taylor and Carly were a thing. Um, and like, it was like, they were on like the cover of like In Style or one of like the actual tabloids, not like one of the like cheap ones that just make stuff up. Um, mm-hmm. It got so bad that Taylor had to like release like a condemnation of like shipping her with her friends, which is like a crazy thing. All right. <laughs> but in 2015, um, you could do that. And it was totally right. Yeah, in 2015, yeah, it was totally okay to be like, no, I'm not gay for my best friends. Um, mm-hmm. And then that's rumored to be around the time that they ended things because they didn't want the public spotlight. Um, and so fast forward to Reputation being released, they're like the stands have decided that pretty much every Reputation song is about Carly, which I think is a stretch um, just because there's a lot of stuff, but the two big ones are Dress um, and no, Dancing With My hand, Hands Tight is the mm-hmm. biggest one. Like if you read the lyrics to that, knowing that Taylor accidentally publicized her secret lesbian relationship and then had to break it off for her career. And you take that context and read the lyrics and listen to Dancing With Our Hands Tied, like it like tracks like one for one. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And then dresses similar. Dress is the one that I'm more familiar with because it's one of my favorite um, Taylor songs. But there's a lyric that's like, um, well, there's the one lyric that's, I don't want you like a best friend. And then the main lyric is, I only bought this dress so you could take it off, which isn't something you would say to a straight man in either case. No. Like, <laughs> straight men don't care about the dress, whereas like Carly would really care about the dress. Also, Taylor wore a lot of like rainbow dresses during this era, which everybody was like, ha um, yeah. And then when she performs dress, she dedicates the performance to um, an LGBTQ activist and dancer who died, um, whose name I don't know how to pronounce, so I'm going to mangle it. Do you know how to pronounce it before I try? I do not. Okay, because I, like I don't know. It's like Frenchish, I think, um, or German or something. It's Loa Fuller. So anyway, this is like an iconic, oh, yeah. like, socialite, activist, dancer. Um, and so she dedicates this performance to it. And she has like this big flowy dress that they project bisexual lighting onto. Mm -hmm. Like while she's singing lyrics, like, I don't want you like a best friend, only bought this dress so I could take you off. Like that to me is like, so like, even if it's not true, like the logical interpretation of that performance is Taylor is a secret lesbian. Like there's no normal interpretation of that performance to me. So it's it's definitely leading one to believe that like right. this isn't subtle like I don't know how you confuse any of these these signifiers like and I'm looking at the dress live performance slide right now um Carly did a Victoria's Secret runway show where she's wearing an almost identical costume to Taylor in the same pink blue purple yeah. colors so for someone who's been as good as like you know popping easter eggs into their discography for as long as taylor's been like it seems pretty right. intentional yeah. um there are no there are no accidents in in taylor swift's lore like if you can come up with an interpretation um it might not be true but it definitely like she put clues there for you to follow so I had never really considered most of this evidence, I'll be honest, if only for the fact that Reputation is my least favorite Taylor album and one that I revisit, at, say for a few singles, like almost never. Though one of them that I do like gorgeous is also, that was the one I knew was like, oh, this is maybe about Carly Kloss, if only yeah. because gorgeous is a traditionally feminine adjective mm -hmm. like if she's gonna describe joe alwyn as gorgeous like sure that's fine but like i think people yeah. read into it um yeah pretty pretty severely yeah and there are like a lot of lyrics about like fame and fortune and stuff on reputation that like if you're trying to read these songs about joe alwyn like it doesn't track because he was a nobody no so and like, he wasn't present for most of like the like she'd been writing that album since late 2015 or something yeah. like it's not about yeah. I, mean, I mean i'm sure some of it is but like like yeah. for, to an extent but like lover is very clearly her joe allen album like right. even outside of london boy which like who else is that could be about tom middleston <laughs> like it's uh it's that's definitely like yeah the settling i mean like london boy could just be like a harry styles throwback track because like all of her like red tracks that reference london are like about harry styles and it's just so mm -hmm. funny like oh taylor discovered airplanes and like now like she associates like traveling with going to london she like only talks about london and new york on red oh and yeah it's crazy. 
and really funny. But it's funny that you bring up Harry Styles too, because a few weeks ago on this pod with um former guest Jose Villalobos, we talked about Larry Stylinson, which oh was God. another ginormous ship of the time. Yeah. And that like that shipping overlapped with both like Taylor and Harry's relationship and yeah. the Kaler shipping, which I just um funny yeah. timelines to all that. Yeah. Like no, yeah. I I love Larry Silence and Shippers. Um, I don't know like that I believe it as much like I, I genuinely do believe in Kaler. Like not in like a oh she's hiding it from us, but from like a no, like this like lines up too well. Um, all too well, one could say. Yeah. But it's just like very <laughs> like for me, like I just love the craziness of the Larry Stylance and Shippers. Like there's that iconic video of that one Scottish girl reading the like anti-Larry Stylance and blog and like having a meltdown about it. And like yeah. that is like a cultural text for me that I find important and return to. I have it downloaded on my desktop. <laughs> I, it's also somewhere. one that like you could never do that today or just like the culture is not correct for that today. Like stands don't behave like that anymore for better or worse. Like if you're yeah. making sad like manifestos about the object of your stand, I'm like, that's cringe. Yeah. Like yeah. to be a stand in the age of cringe, I think is, mm-hmm. it's a tough tightrope to walk, but I, I find that I miss it because there yeah. were some yeah. incredible works from that era. Like yeah. I am. Um... I did a digital drag performance that was like dedicated to all of the like queer like important ships that happened mm-hmm. like between like television characters, um, and it's crazy how like fan cams have like become such a thing, but like they've always been a thing. Like people mm-hmm. were making crazy mashups set to like Jack's mannequin songs for like um, what's her face's character from the OC and Marissa like um, Alex oh and Marissa. Autumn yeah mm-hmm. yeah um, and so it's just like oh, like, this has been around forever. Um, and I, I do love, like, a, um, one of my favorite, <laughs> uh, like, uh, ships right now. I don't believe in ships, really, but, like, mm-hmm. one that I, like, do believe in, like, I feel weird about it because it's, like, oh, like, how am I, like, this pilled um, is Roman Jerry from Succession. And okay. there is, like, a whole subgenre of, like, people who ship Roman with Jerry on Succession that exclusively set it to Taylor Swift songs which is like so like dialed into like my niche interest that I'm just like this is really fun um and like the main Roman Jerry like Stan Twitter follows me back um on Twitter Aww. which is wonderful um that's fun sister community yeah yeah they um retweeted my Jerry performance and I was like great and then Jay Smith Cameron follows them who plays Jerry and I was like cool she might see it and then she, she might see it <laughs> so yeah ultimately um stand shipping is good as long as you do it about fictional characters and not real people because um, otherwise you're crossing a line, yeah, a you're crossing line. and then yeah. you put these pop stars in an uncomfortable position like i think right. all the time about everyone calling sean mendez gay and then the moment he's like, actually, I'm not gay. I'm a heterosexual man, but I love the community. Everyone was like, you're homophobic, sis. Yeah. Like, you're, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, you can't win. Like, yeah, yeah. it's not homophobic that. to be not gay. <laughs> not, I mean, um, just it kidding. is, I, but not like, there's yeah. so much, like, also like talk about like queer baiting now. And like that word, like has been just corrupted so much to mean anytime a straight person wears something that isn't like a like head to toe like potato sack like oh he kind of showed off his body that's queer baiting and it's like 
Yeah. Okay. Like on the cover of Attitude magazine, yes. But if it's just <laughs> a photo shoot, like that's not queer baiting or like, yeah. or just or like a candid. Color paint. <laughs> it's yeah. Just like, like no. if I see like a thimble full of like Nick Jonas's ass crack on a boat, that's not queer baiting. He's just wearing shorts that are too tight yeah. or he got out of the water. Like, Right. That's that is kind of what's refreshing about Kaler though, because it's never been confirmed and they never really leaned into it mm. that much outside of like some, you know, there are some examples on this slide that are very uh, obvious, but like <laughs> it never felt baity. It just generally felt no. like a queer little mystery, which sometimes yeah. it's nice if we could use a little bit more of that, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would, I also would be remiss if I didn't mention that Kaler is part of a lot larger subgroup of people that believe that Taylor is queer, um, and has also dated people like Diana Agron, which is like, so fun. It is <laughs> it's fun. like, we stand Diana that? on this no. podcast. But like, do I want that to be true? Desperately. Because I'm pretty sure Diana is queer. Yeah. Well, yeah, she well, cause there. she, I think yeah. she was dating a woman, like, yeah. I may be, I think I heard that on Who Weekly. I may be misquoting, okay. but I'm pretty I, sure she at least has like yeah. dabbled. Yeah, I really have to give it up for Diana Agron somehow being the most like indie spirit of all of the Glee cast members. I didn't expect that, but she was great in Novitiate. She was great in Shiva Baby. Like, Catherine, yeah, she's talk wonderful. about fan cams. I saw um, a fan cam yesterday for the mom from Shiva Baby that <laughs> really made me laugh. Um, <laughs> That's no, I, I love Diana Agron. I do miss that. Like the squad era was so fun because it was just it was one of the most random, like random culture was so big in like the mid 2010s, like quirky girl, like look what I did culture. Like the squad yeah. was like the cool girl version of that almost because yeah. it was literally just like collecting friends like Funko Pops. Yeah. Without any discrimination for like industry background like any of this like it was mostly right. white people <laughs> until she invited Uzo Aduba to Martha's yeah. Vineyard for the Tom Hiddleston photo shoot Cape Cod trip <laughs> or whatever Martha's Vineyard trip like that was also yeah that was also right after like the Kaler of it all too mm -hmm. these timelines yeah. are like yeah we love, we love the squatter uh, it also was like a I feel like that's a fun um like good test of like who you were in that if you like had to say like who your favorite person in the bad blood video was at the time like not now but like at the time it's just like who were you in 2015 for me it's it was ellie golding so i feel like that is like pretty mm -hmm. pretty indicative of me now it would be Haley steinfeld but back then i was like an ellie golding stan yeah was a little whatever they're called i'll be honest i forgot ellie golding was in a lot of people video. just forget about Ellie Goulding in general, and I'm just here to remind them about her. Um, but she's one of those celebrities where it's like her music is solid. Um, I'm embarrassed to say I've seen her five times, but three of them were at music festivals, so it doesn't really count. Mm -hmm. um, but like she's just one of those celebrities where it just like leans like a little too hard into like workout and vegetarian culture. Oh, yeah. Where it's, and like, we have that already. Like choose a different cause. She has also had like a lot uh, she has a different look let's say than she did like in her heyday which i i yeah. think it's interesting that she's like pivoted so hard into like essentially a whole new persona when she yeah. could have just leaned into uh being destructa x 
in, <laughs> in the bad blood video. My personal, this isn't who I stand the most from that era, because in what, 2015? Was uh, Cara Delevingne was in the I think she the was bad yeah. blood video, right? Let me fact check that. But because if she was, that's probably who I was standing the most. Like in 2015. Yep, she was. She played Mother Chucker. Because <laughs> she had nunchucks. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I my favorite character character poster and someone to this day I do stand like the definition of a problem actor for this pod is Lena Dunham as Lucky Fiore, the mob boss of the the Bad Blood video. Like her playing a an Italian <laughs> and B, like it's so like Lena and Taylor are still really good friends too. Like it's really random, but that's yeah one of the few squad relationships that has like explicitly continued to this day yeah like her the Heim sisters right I guess Carl well I guess this is like let's talk about the end of Kaler like what happened there like they broke up out of the public eye are they friends yeah I don't well there's also speculation that um Taylor really doesn't like that Carly went to Scooter Braun's wedding, I think is like where their latest mm-hmm. falling out happened. And that's why um, another one of the Evermore bonus tracks, both Evermore bonus are rumored to be about Carly, one in like a romantic way where she sings about being 23, which was when they first interacted. And then also glass breaking on the white cloth um, or shattered on the mm-hmm. white cloth, which is the Jewish wedding thing. Carly famously married one of the Kushners. Um, yep. And so there's that. Uh, oh, and then there was those iconic tweets where somebody was like, do something about your relatives. And Carly just replied, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, you probably shouldn't have dignified this with a response. Um, but the line about Carly in um, uh, It's Time to Go was about like being betrayed by a sister. Um, and mm-hmm. so like a lot of people think that line is about her. Um, even though like I think Taylor explicitly denied it and said that they were cool but a lot of people don't believe that um, because, yeah, because people don't listen to Taylor when she says things well that that's certainly true but also like it would be suspicious to be like yeah we're not friends anymore that would just play into like the whole breakup of it all and like she's yeah. well Taylor I mean allegedly is now engaged to Joe Walwyn yeah, and... that also was one of the reasons I wanted to talk about it because there was like the Taylor finally got engaged this year and I was yeah. like, I don't believe it. Um, it was like, I feel like that hoax happened the same week as like the queen dying hoax, which I think the queen's already dead, but I don't <laughs> think Taylor is engaged. Those are my mm-hmm. two opinions on those like fake rumors that Conspiracy. happened of Valentine's Day that were like, Taylor's engaged, the queen is dead. And I was yeah. like, one is true and one is false. I can like sort of see it, I guess. I mean, it, they've been together for five years and I do think that right. she needs to be dating someone who's like way less famous than her and like very much doing their own thing like separately. And I think that's like part of the reason why they've like stuck it out so long. But like, being, yeah. I don't really see her as someone like, she's not like the marrying type really. That's a weird thing to yeah, say about I, someone, I, feel like, like, I don't get that vibe. Yeah. There's also like rumors that like she got secretly married when she was shooting the music video for... Um, that she still think about me, which had mm-hmm. um, anti-vaxxer Miles Teller uh, in mm-hmm. it, the Jake Gyllenhaal, and like so Taylor's wearing a wedding dress, and people thought that like she might have like used her own wedding dress and gotten secretly married around that time. 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Taylor would like, like what a good time to like do that. Although like, if you go with like Speak Now kind of being like a wedding theme album and if that's the next re-release then I could see like maybe she, I don't know. I can is see gonna that. With that. It's just like, I know that it's probably, like I, I don't have a problem with Taylor using her wedding for marketing purposes because that's who she is and that's who Joelle would marry. Like yeah. she is a marketing genius. So I don't it, think it'd be cynical of her to like plan when she, if she is married already, when she releases the wedding photos or whatever and like confirms the news. Um, that's I also been part of the pop star, like celebrity ecosystem for right. as yeah. long as celebrity has been around too. Like you have to like, utilize your love life in a way that gets you press and attention I mean it's just kind of part of the thing like I mean people kind of forget about the single ladies music video like that's when Beyonce announced her engagement officially yeah if Beyonce can do it like Taylor can do it too yeah yeah part of me wonders if like taylor is the type of person who would try to use it to like help joe alwyn's career um because he's got some some buzzy projects coming up yeah he's in the conversations with friends um Mm -hmm. adaptation uh with um lola kirk and or no jemima kirk um, yeah and uh and he's also in some um and sasha sasha lane right yeah Yeah. he's also in like a claire denis movie right yeah with margaret polly what's up um it's stars at noon yeah yeah claire denis agua yeah (laughs) um which go off claire denis um she thankfully has like a good enough understanding of colonialism where she does (laughs) not specifically like nicaragua so i'm like "Mm -hmm." i'll give her a smidgen of a benefit of the doubt because I did watch white material in pandemic earlier this year unbelievable movie I was like "Mm," but she pulled it off so I fingers crossed for that but like yeah good look for him like and I mean he was in the favor like he's like prestige he's like prestige character actor I feel like that's a good level for her it's also my favorite thing about Joe Alwyn is that like there's a good chance that if he's on screen he's playing gay because he played gay both in Boy Erased and The Souvenir Part Mm 2 where it's just like how does like how does one British actor who only turns up in like every like 50 movies that I see always play gay when he's not gay but as Taylor Swift's boyfriend so I wonder if he still talks to Lucas Hedges. I I really wonder that too. I yeah. I think about um in a very early episode of this podcast, we talked about the Lucas Hedges boots photo oh my God. with Tommy Dorfman. Those yeah. boots were boots in. Yeah. I'm, I find that I miss them too. Um okay, we have to move on to our final segment, crazily enough. Got it. So we're going to play Tear the Community Apart. The rules are very simple here. I've picked two songs and you're going to tell me which one is better. Great. It sounds easy and it probably is going to be easy for you because I picked this (laughs) not knowing that we would have gone on a tangent that we did today. Um, These two songs are Tumblr era alt pop smashes that crossed over into the American mainstream in a way that nobody expected, like complete non-American out of nowhere people um, 
taking the world by storm with the combination of aesthetics and quirky attitude. <laughs> what I'm selling this so well. Um, okay, which song is which song is better? Somebody that I used to know by Gautier and Kimbra, or Lights by Ellie Goulding. Wow, I like that you had an Ellie Goulding thing prepared and you didn't know that I was randomly one of the biggest, if not the biggest Ellie Goulding stand that like is still saying that. Um, not even an inkling. <laughs> like, uh, it's just yeah. complete coincidence. Uh, yeah, we do this thing where like um, each of my friends and like my core friend group has like their Rita Ora who like is like the cringy person that they stand. And my friend mm-hmm. Pierce doesn't actually stand Rita Ora, but we pretend that he does. Because anytime I ask what song I should perform in drag, he says, um, I will never let you down, <laughs> Rita Ora, Calvin Well, that, that's a classic. Yeah. It's like, that's a banger, but like, please stop telling me to perform Rita Ora. Um, <laughs> but yeah, all, all that is to say that like, I am going to go with Lights by Ellie Goulding. I do think it is one of like the best pop songs ever. Um, I also really loved that it was like on five of her albums because um, she just kept on releasing it because yeah. it kept on randomly getting famous again. Um, and as somebody who saw her at Lollapalooza in 2010, um, like right before like the lights phenomenon, um, before it like really hit radio play, um, I've just been a stand forever. Um, no offense to the other song. The other song is like good and iconic, but also I'm so tired of that tweet that is like, this person dropped this one song and then fell off the face of the earth that like goes viral every like 10 days. It is, it is absolutely one of those tweets that just gets recycled and recycled, but like to Goatee's credit, he did. <laughs> like, yeah. He just like he dropped it the song and not literally nothing in 10 years. Like yeah. he did an um an interview with Stereo Gum last year, um for the, like the 10-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Yeah, like I made enough money off of that song though. Like, I don't need to like make more albums. Like I can just tour, do like random experimental stuff and like not have to, like this was never supposed to be a hit. Yeah. Which I get. The music videos for that is so iconic though. Like Lights like does not really have, what's the video for Lights is just- Like five music videos. And I think it's just like, she's like, there are cameras spinning around her like, like one yeah, of the, like, and like they're a little like twinkly. Red carpet, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is very like Tumblr though. Like yeah, and like also like the budget that she was working with as somebody who was supposed to be like this like singer songwriter type, and then they were like, oh, we're gonna like have this random like maybe kind of electronic song, and then that was the one that took off. Um, yeah, after she like famously like had all those like stray item like the writer where it's like oh, she's a singer-songwriter, and then it was like, Lights is just like a bop, and it's like, what is, like, what does this have to do with your other music, but. Well, I remember she was really positioned as, like, a contemporary to Florence and the Machine, and, like, Marina to a lesser extent, like, sort of, like, the left of center pop girlies, but, like, she has always had a way more, like, mainstream sensibility, and, like, a great taste in collaborators, too, like, she has Max Martin songs, which, I guess Marina does too, but like the, I mean that, uh, I don't remember what the album with like On My Mind is called, um, but that uh, one has some like pretty commercial sounding stuff compared yeah. to like that fr- that first album and Halcyon are not like, that's a very like time and place, like yeah, folktronica. Yeah. Use the Wikipedia yeah, and like, genre. And then like her big breakthrough weirdly like after like 
being like lights randomly like hits like I think the top 10 like a year and a half after it came out originally was like playing for the royal wedding and like oh doing yeah that like Elton John's the- your song that was like also in a Christmas advert so it's just like that's like how she became like huge in England mm-hmm. and then they asked her to do the 50 shades of gray song which is a bop yeah but- it, that song holds up pretty well and it's really different from lights but I I do think it's interesting that those are her two biggest songs in the U.S. by like a factor of five like nothing's even like like burn also is like a pretty big hit over here but that's also really different from the other two like that was a that was meant for Rihanna and got passed down to like which there are worse things to like being a Rihanna cast is not a bad thing to be. (laughs) I was like, there's some pretty iconic Rihanna cast off. So (laughs) I do, I miss the Tumblr era pop star. We've talked about this a lot on the podcast the past month because like indie sleaze is back in the news so much, but like um, if Ellie wanted to do like a little comeback of sorts, like I would not say that. I know she just released an album pretty recently. She had an album that came out earlier in the pandemic um and then she got pregnant and had a baby oh Um, so she was on and I only know this because and she's like barely active on social media anymore but she was on Jesse Ware's podcast and talked um, a little bit about being pregnant and stuff like that so they were just like two two English pop star moms talking about stuff so I always forget that Jesse Ware has a podcast and is also like objectively one of the most internationally successful podcasters too right. like <laughs> to most people she's probably more famous as a podcaster than a like right. critically acclaimed pop artiste that's yeah. Yeah, that's tough I to think, think that's, about. That's crazy. I, I don't I her, even though she's a Zionist. <clears throat> um, so we just have to like we have to disclaim <laughs> that before someone tries to cancel us for saying such positive things about. I know you're. I, you, 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 I always forget that too, or just like conveniently, <laughs> I, like, I'm like, we're want not to forget. It. <laughs> yeah, like somebody should just like take that out of my brain, and then if anybody tries to tell me, I'm gonna be like, oh, I didn't know that. Oops, sorry. But she does a pretty yeah. good job of keeping that under wraps. So I'm yeah, gonna. She like had that one that one time she shared a Zionist post, like Zion. Oh, on Instagram. Yeah, I remember that. Everyone was like, "Don't do that," and then she kind of shut up about it. Um, but yeah, I will say since it is International Women's Day, and um, J.K. Rowling said something cringy about it, mm-hmm. uh, the danger with standing British pop stars is that they might be turfs. And so it's like, thankfully with like Jessie, for sure I know is because she works with so many trans artists. Um, mm-hmm. So fingers crossed that she's not. I'm just taking that for granted. But fingers crossed. Yeah. What's well, it's all we can hope for. <laughs> it's yeah. just like no transphobia in pop music. Yeah. I did see um underneath JK's tweet from earlier today, Tanache commented, Oh my god, shut up. Which if you needed one more reason to stand Tanache, um Oh my God, we adore we go. You know well, what actually was queer baiting when Nick Jonas featured Tanache on the song? That yeah. to me is queer baiting. That's like going after a very specific type of person who wouldn't give Nick Jonas the time of day otherwise. Yeah, though I will say gay people could do that in reverse too. Like I'm thinking specifically of when Troy Savant put Ariana on yeah, Dance to This to try to like expand his 
whatever like fan base yes. and that didn't work at all so yeah but the song was incredible, right, maybe. So like, maybe you don't need to expand your fan base it's, no. it's not gonna work just keep um, it niche it's fine yeah we're seeing the pitfalls right now of pop stars like charlie um running into problems as she tries to expand her fan base so but. well i mean i will i will just say that i'm team charlie and leave it at that yes. and say that i think that more artists should yell at their stands for being um a little too a little too uppity with their favorite artists and i i gen generally agree with that and for a longer discussion of that please go listen to last week's episode of crisis doing because we got into it um georgie we have to wrap things up today but thank you so 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 much for being here i think this was an informative <laughs> um this is the like the QAnon version of crisis twig today like we yeah. got into the conspiracies we got into the weeds the culture they don't want you to see but yeah yeah thank you so much for having me um disclaimer carly and taylor's reps um i don't actually believe any of the things that i said if you're gonna come after us um we were just creating entertainment um for, this is a big yeah a big slap and a big fat allegedly on everything we talked everything about today um please do not sue us do not get this uh modestly performing podcast shut down please 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 um because this is my income so georgie where can people find you on social media i'm on twitter so sadly my original twitter account got shut down it was actually just like the two-year anniversary of it getting shut down um oh. because lady gaga shut it down because I posted a Stupid Love performance on the day that Stupid Love came out. And it was like, girl, I was trying to promote you. Um, so the DMCA. So the DMCA was like, no. They got your ass. Um, yeah. Um, so my, my Twitter is Georgie underscore Ray underscore Ray spelled in the Carly way. So that's mm -hmm. R-A-E. And then my Instagram handle is Georgie Morvis. Um, my last name is M-O-R-I-V as in Victor I-S. So yeah, that's me. All right. Awesome. And you can find me on... Twitter at FKA Pigs with a Z on Instagram at Drew Haskins with Z's and follow at Crisis Twink Pod on Instagram and Twitter for direct updates and just TikToks I like mostly. It's a TikTok repository <laughs> these days. But um, all right, until next time, bye everyone. <laughs>